I had been keeping an audio log of the past 48 hours, a way to organize my thoughts and keep myself company, as well as keep myself focused and awake. Right now, it's sitting in the glove box of Catherine's Ultima. If I don't survive the next few hours, and that's looking more and more likely, I'm sure the FBI will eventually find it and dissect it. I hope it will explain everything for them. Why I went AWOL, why I evaded arrest, why I didn't contact them with my leads. I only wish I could make one more entry. If I had that recorder with me in this dusty, dim cellar, and the Vin Diesel lookalike with a Ruger pointed at me could somehow find it in his heart to untape my mouth, this is what I would say. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry I followed up on Catherine's disappearance, because I was right, after all, that something sinister was up. I just never imagined that Catherine was a part of it. What I am sorry for is not trusting Malloy Bishop and the whole FBI system. I let my frustration over the way Kathy's case was handled resurrect the cynical loner Gaia, teenager Gaia, the Gaia who found it difficult to trust the CIA and even her own father. I'd probably also say, I'm sorry that I never got the chance to talk to my father and ask him the questions I've been lugging around inside me for years. Like, why couldn't he just be a dad after Mom died? And whether or not he sees any of Mom in me. I'd explain how sorry I am that I can't hang out with my brother D, one last time on his farm, watching him milk cows and cuddle the baby chicks. I'd tell him to stay sweet and innocent and not to be sad for me. I chose this life, so I guess I chose this death, too. Then, last but not least, I'd say how more than anything I'm sorry I dragged Will into this. I'd explain how he risked everything to come here to help me, and how he tried to convince me to contact the authorities, but I wouldn't listen. I keep trying to tell him I'm sorry with my eyes, but he barely looks at me. He keeps focusing on the men watching over us. No, not the men. The guns. He's scared. Only he doesn't want me to see it. And that's something else I'm sorry about. I'm sorry I was born fearless. It's always been my curse. Because I'm this freak of nature, it seems people I care about are always at risk. But maybe that'll be something good that comes out of my demise. Maybe my friends and family can finally be safe. I don't fear the end. I don't fear anything. I only wish it didn't have to be like this. Worst Nightmare, Part 2 Stupid, nameless, fatigue-wearing, gun-toting thugs. They were all alike. Gaia fought the urge to struggle as two muscle-bound creeps tied her up. They'd already finished with her ankles and were now working on her arms, securing them behind her back with several tight loops around her waist. It was more effective than the standard run-of-the-mill wrist bindings, but also uncomfortable as hell. If it hadn't been for the strip of duct tape over her lips and the fact that she was cooperating nicely for Will's safety's sake, she would have let loose a barrage of colorful curse words. As soon as the two brutes finished with her, they turned to help their comrades truss up Will, who was resisting. One held the gun up against Will's skull as another bound his ankles and two others secured his arms. 
It hurt to see the fear in Will's eyes. Gaia felt a pain in the center of her chest, as if her heart was a rotating saw slowly shredding her with every beat. This was all her fault. It was like Jake all over again. Her worst nightmare, part two. Jake. It was hard to picture her former boyfriend the way he'd usually been, smiling and cocksure. Instead, she could only picture him the way he'd looked in his last few minutes of life, gasping and blood-soaked, staring at her urgently, his broad chest torn to shreds. Not again, she thought. It wasn't so much a lamentation as it was an order to herself. It will not happen again. She had to get Will out of here or die trying.